Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey, everyone. I am here to talk about being a villain and why your ability to be a really great villain is absolutely mission critical to you marketing to your fullest potential. And you know, I've been talking about this a little while, like marshalling your villain energy, being a villain. And I'm going to talk about what this means in a sec, but I realized when I was talking about it, that there was a person who put the word and the idea in my head. It's not like the first time I ever had these ideas, but there was a person who said something that lodged something in my brain that spurred my ideas about it. And that was my friend and client, Carlos de la Playa. And I like to give credit where it's due. So I have invited him to join me for this conversation. In a minute, I'm going to introduce you to his absolute fabulousness. But first, I want to clarify what I mean by villain energy and being a villain. Because you might be like, what? I don't want to be a villain. I want to be the good guy or the good girl or the good non-binary person. But here's the thing. Anytime you stand for anything, anything, you become a villain. If you stand for human rights, you're like, who has a problem with human rights? Actually, lots of people do. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to become a villain to people who get what they want by trampling on human rights. If you stand for equal rights for women, you're going to become a villain to people who don't want equal rights for women, who are holding onto their privilege by denigrating women. Anytime you stand for anything worth a damn, you become a villain to someone. And what is marketing if not standing for things and ideas out in public, right? When you, when you market and you make your stances known, you make your voice known, there, you're going to become a villain to people who think differently, who want you to be different to preserve their comfort or who want you to be different so that you can fit their idea of what a good person should think and feel and behave. When we are so averse to the idea of villainhood, what that really means is that we want everyone to think we're the good guy. We think everyone to approve of and like what we're doing and everyone to affirm that we're good people having good thoughts. Like that is a way where you become somebody who stands for nothing who compels anyone to people toward nothing and you have no marketing, you have no voice, you have nothing that you stand for, right? So that's why I say mm. conscious villain is all about defining or deciding in advance who you want to be a villain to. So unconscious villainhood is kind of like, you know, going out there and then saying something and then being surprised when people who think differently want you to be different. Like, oh no, like, you know, like, I want you to think I'm a good person. I'm surprised. Why is this happening? I'm so shocked. I don't want you to think you know, that's unconscious villain. And it's not like you don't believe in what you believe in anymore, but you aren't owning that believing something, standing for it, something comes with power that other people can have tension with. So conscious villainhood is like, okay, what do you stand for? And why is it worth it for you to be villainized for that? Right? Like if people are 
against some aspect of who you are, what you stand for, why is it worth it for you to stand for that anyway? That's conscious villainhood. So good. And I'm going to say one more thing before I invite Carlos to talk. And I want to, because he's amazing. But one other thing is that when you decide that you are going to change, when you decide that you want to become a new version of yourself, when you decide that you want to heal something inside yourself, you now become a villain to the parts of you that are invested in not changing. I want to take up space in the world. Let's say you declare that, right? There's a part of you that's like, I'm ready to take up space and you know, help people and make money and fulfill my purpose in the world. There's another part of you that's like, oh, we're really comfortable not doing any of that right now. We do not like that at all. And the part of you that wants to do that anyway is going to become a villain to the part of you that's invested in staying the same. When you work with clients, when you market to clients, when you're saying, hey, buy this thing, I can help you. The part of them that wants to be on board, right? You're going to be speaking, you're going to be also engaging to the part of your client that is invested in not changing. Are you willing to become a villain to the part of your client that doesn't want to change? That's enough of me explaining. I just wanted to explain what that meant before I, you know, before anything else happened. So nobody's confused. So, hey, Carlos, what's up, buddy? What is up, Simone? Oh my God. Everything you said, retweet, reblog, like, comment, subscribe. That shit was fire. <laughs> I love it. So Carlos is has been a client of mine in Joyful Marketing for a long time. And he is like, I was going to say like star student. And then I was like, I don't like that term because it's, it's not like some students are better than others, but you can say it bestie. I can yeah, he's like star bestie, whatever. <laughs> In the sense that you know, you know what? This is how I'm gonna define star student. It's not the one who like does what I say the most, is not the one who obeys me the most, it's not the one who like whatever. When I say star student, here's what I mean. He has the most fun engaging the work. He has the most fun wrestling with the work. He has the most fun being like, fuck you, Simone in his head sometimes. And he tells us about it, right? I've seen him evolve time after time after time and become this. I mean, he always was like this um, incredible coach and human being. And uh, lately he's really also into villainhood. And it's all, so tell us about you, Carlos, who do you coach? What are, who are you a conscious villain to tell us everything about that? Yeah. So I've always like categorized myself as a sort of general life coach with a specific passion for self-expression. And I think a lot of people, I mean, people have come to me and been like, oh, um, can you coach my self-expression and teach me how to have good posture on stage and how to like look better in front of people and how to be liked more by other people? And I'm like, actually, like, that's not what I teach. Like, if you're looking for that kind of sort of performative sort of cracking a whip over yourself so that you're behaving in a proper way, then that's not the kind of self-expression I teach. I teach people how to say yes to themselves. And sometimes saying yes to themselves is owning and understanding that those aspects of ourselves that we're trying to fix and change might actually be our gifts. And a lot of the work that I do with my clients is sort of taking those pieces that they've sort of fragmented outside of themselves and like, reclaiming it looking at those shadows that we don't like of ourselves and cultivating a relationship with it such that we take our energy back and it's it really is a process of reclaiming your energy and feeling more energized by being who you are as you are moment to moment 
Speaking of which, I want you to tell everyone about what you are in addition to coach, because you are so many things. And I, and you do, when you own all that you are, you are so powerful and magnetic. So I know that in addition to being a coach, and it's not like separate things, you really are all these things at the same time together. You're also a rapper. Mm-hmm. Tell us what else you are. I like to call myself the Prince of Magnetism. So Ooh. yeah, a prince, a royal prince, at least in my own world, a dancer, a rapper, a singer, an artist of many ways. I like to consider myself like a creative director yeah. <laughs> of my own life. And when you watch Carlos's marketing, you really see the creative direction happening, right? You see the rap, you see the music, you see the artistic expressions. And that is not separate from his coach marketing. And so obviously I just love, love, love every bit of it. I could just like eat it with a spoon. So tell us about your journey of embracing villainhood, because like I said, Carlos was the one who lodged this concept in my head. And so I really want to give you credit for that because you didn't, you didn't just like mention it. You really embody it. You flesh it out for yourself. Right. So tell us about it. Yeah. Okay. So Simone, you teach this concept that a listener might not know called the spirit of of the business, the spirit of your business. And I, for a really long time, like this sort of spirit of my business has been planting seeds in me of like sort of this idea of villainhood. And I think it started with TikTok, to be honest, because on TikTok, there is a trend and it went viral for a while all over TikTok, like stepping into your villain era. And for some reason, oh really? I'm like so yeah. old that I don't even know what was happening. <laughs> yeah, and for some reason, I was just so turned on by it, so mm-hmm. turned on by it. And in a lot of ways, I already was. But recently, I actually went through one of the most intense, if not the most depressed, like intense depression episodes of my life. I mean, it lasted like three and a half months. I was having a really hard time. Like I borderline thought that I was going crazy. And like right before the depression, I had had an experience that I'm open to talking about. And I feel really good talking about it. I've processed a lot of the anger around it where, you know, I was starting to blow up a lot and I was starting to get invited to a lot of places locally. And in one of these places that I was invited to locally in my city, I was drugged. I was drugged because I was like too open too not having boundaries too nice. And I'm not blaming myself, but, but my discernment wasn't really there. And I was sort of gaslighting the part of me that was skeptical of people that was a little bit judgmental. And throughout this depression, which was triggered maybe by that and by like some injuries in my body, I was really like forced to slow down and encounter myself and it was like sort of uh, some people call it the dark night of the soul but within this experience of the dark night of the soul i started to notice all these places where i was like lying to myself all these places where i was saying yes when i really wanted to say no all these places where in my business i would like subconsciously think of somebody that i didn't want to offend that i knew disagrees with my truth and like molding my message across in that way. And and I started to feel a mix of anxiety, grief, 
and like rage. But this rage was actually, it felt kind of good for the first time. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I've always been someone that was like afraid of anger and afraid of rage. But this was the first time that I started feeling my rage and and being like turned on by it and, and yeah. saying yes to it and allowing it to have a seat at the table. And what I started to realize was like, you know what, like, fuck saying yes when I want to say no. Fuck, like if I want to cancel plans the day of, I will do it, even if someone gets offended. Like, and you know what? I'm going to unfollow people who I'm subconsciously trying to please with my message because my message isn't for fucking them anyways. And I'm also going to share truths that feel edgy. And what started happening was I started stepping into my stepping into my villain era and I felt inspired to start this thing called like a villain log where I just add everything that my people pleasing self sort of like uh, had objections towards. So anytime that I posted something and maybe my heart was beating a little faster because I was like, oh, maybe this is too thirst trappy. Another thing that I am, by the way, is a creator of spiritual, delicious, artistic looking thirst traps. Love that. Ah! And, you know, I just have to pause and say, okay, Carlos also coined the term spiritual thirst trap. And I just have to pause and say it again, because I think it's so brilliant. And I just love the way you merge these ideas. Okay, continue. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting with the spiritual thirst trap thing in particular. I was like terrified that my straight cis straight men fraternity brothers wouldn't like it and i don't talk to any of them i haven't talked to i'm not friends with. i can't believe you were in a fraternity right i know everyone says that but i was i was in a different era like five years ago sure anyway so i started to really come to contact with parts of me that i was avoiding and even my relationship to things like alcohol changed and i sort of had this flip of of a switch moment which i think stepping into your villain era really is is like where enough was enough, mm. where like anything that that felt like I had to lose so somebody else could win was like such a full body fuck no. And I love your definition of villain era. One of my definitions for like villainhood and villainry, conscious villainry in this way, if you have to lose so somebody else can win, then everybody loses. So how can we oh, create so an good. expression how can we stand for an expression that like you're winning and other people are winning and other people winning doesn't mean that they're not offended because them being offended by your truth might actually be the medicine of your truth, like working on them. <laughs> it's like the mic drop. Yeah. So, so, so winning other you winning and other people winning does not mean everyone is comfortable and cuddly and affirming each other's like feelings like that is not what winning means sometimes being confronted with a truth that is difficult that triggers you that makes you feel uncomfortable protecting people from that is not necessarily a loving thing to do for them 100%. right because otherwise, I've had to make this decision so many times consciously earlier in my marketing journey. I mean, still, yes, but I think it was a lot more of an emotional thing earlier in my marketing journey where I had to decide I would rather be like made fun of and or disliked for who I truly am than accepted for who I'm really not. Because there were so many people in my life who were just like accepting me. 
but they didn't really, they, but the version of me they were accepting was not the real me. Like I hadn't even come out as a life coach to them because I was like embarrassed and I thought they were going to judge me. And they, many of them did judge me, but I was like, you know what? I would rather be judged and made fun of for who I really am than be like accepted and liked for some a version of myself that I'm not. So hold on, what were we talking about? When you put two ADHD villains in a podcast, this is (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Um, You know, I feel reminded of something like with what you're saying is, you know, I actually had this client once that they were telling me like, oh, but if I start choosing myself and speaking my truth, I'm afraid people are going to think I'm an asshole. And I just told him, I was like, but what if you kind of are an asshole? And I, he had this brain breaking moment where he was like, wait, what? what? And I was like, see, here's the thing is, it's like you, you came to me for self-acceptance and to express yourself more. But what you're telling me, what you're communicating to me now is, is that I'll only accept myself if I'm not an asshole, rejecting the part of you that is an asshole. But see, if you're human, you actually have a part of you that is an asshole. Like everyone does. Like think of mother, like a mother that has a child, no matter how much of a people pleaser that mother is, like I want to say maybe nine times out of 10, a statistic I made out of my villain asshole right now (laughs) is that if someone fucks with that mother's child, their inner asshole is going to oh yeah fuck you up yeah no matter how much of a people pleaser that mom is right i mean nine times out of ten made up statistic right it's we all have this part of us it's sacred like god i believe in god that was another thing owning that i love the word god and to stop replacing that word with spirit source universe when like i believe in god right like and Mm. i'm a gay man that believes in god that and makes you look. Both. You being a gay man who believes in God and uses the word God it makes you a villain to a lot of people who would rather that you don't. Exactly. Yeah. And I just decided that, like, I, I, what one thing I stand for is a world where people can own all parts of themselves, where people feel the need to, you know, take up space. I mean, there's times where I'm coaching clients into their own villain era or into their self-expression, mm-hmm. and what they're talking about I completely disagree with but that's not what I'm fighting for I'm not fighting to create people that I I agree with yeah you know I'm fighting to create people that have something to stand for because quite frankly I don't know about you Simone or you the listener like I'm really fucking bored of these copy and paste ways of doing life copy Mm -hmm. and paste ways of of managing money, copy and paste ways of having sex and talking about sex, which is another topic I love to talk about. Copy and paste, like, okay, if you're gay, then you must be this political affiliation and you must Mm. be this religion and you must be that. And, you know, like, or if you're spiritual, then you can't also believe in Jesus. Like, all of these are like made up rules that a villain made that was so Mm. charismatic and, and borderline kind of even dogmatic that like, People adopted it as an ideology because they didn't trust their own truth. And like really stepping into your villain era, like one thing I often ask myself is is like, why is this person that's so iconic also so equally perceived as a villain? Mm. And it's one thing I noticed that all of them have is like this radical, unshakable self-trust. Yes. And, And when you trust yourself in a world that's constantly telling you how to live, that's an act of rebellion. It's going to be perceived as villainry because the systems that are oppressing us want us to, they'll say, trust yourself, but not if it means that you're 
creating this abundant ass business that gives people equal opportunity. You know what I mean? And and other fill in the blanks things that the system benefits from. You know, who was the biggest villain was Jesus Christ. He was such a villain. He was such a menace to the powers that be that they had to execute him. Right. And you could be executed just by being like affiliated with him. That's how much of a villain he was. Right. So just think about that. Like all the like like Martin Luther King Jr. was a huge villain to so many people, so much so that they assassinated him. Gandhi, like literally everyone. Right. And and sort of from this vantage point in history, it's so easy to say, like, it's so easy for us to like make judgments about like who was on the right side of history. Right. But that's all in retrospect. Right. Like at the time when everybody else in the world thought he was crazy, like Jesus had to believe, hey, <laughs> this I am the son of God. I mean, whatever, like this, if you're, you know, if you, he that's the unshakable self self-belief, self-trust that you're talking about that he had and that everyone else had that allowed them to stand for something at a time and a context where that that. They were risking, you know, many of these people were risking a lot more than some people on social media trolling them, right? <laughs> so that's what I, that's what we are both talking about by conscious villainy. And I think to really embrace it, and and I, I don't think either Carlos or I would say that it's like easy or comfortable. Like you, you are going to feel vulnerable about it. You you might get hurt feelings if somebody doesn't like you, even if you don't even really like them back. Like you might want someone's approval, even though you barely know them like all of these all these emotions might happen they're gonna happen and i think a lot of it is like not eliminating these emotions not eliminating your vulnerability and your your desire to be liked and approved of because that's part of human nature but learning how to like allow those parts of you with like compassion like of course of course i'm having this experience i'm i'm human like it's it's natural like for a human being to crave approval, you know, being liked, all these things. At the same time, I'm not going to let those parts of me drive the bus, right? And I think sort of like expanding your capacity to allow those experiences without letting them, you know, dictate your decision making, right? And so I I just want to normalize like stepping into like, for example, one of my favorite villains, like I said, was Ursula in The Little Mermaid, because I think she is just so fabulous. But, you know, in the in the movie, you know, a lot of villains don't look like they're having any kind of inner strife, right? But in real life, villains do, right? And we have moments of doubting ourselves. We have moments of like, you know, am I even, am I doing the right thing? Is this thing that I'm standing for worth standing for? And I just want to just take this time to like normalize all the the emotional difficulty and and the tension that might come with stepping into your villainhood, like a uh, villain era, as you said, it looks badass from the outside a lot of the times, but it doesn't mean you always feel like a badass. Sometimes it mm-hmm. looks like you being like being a puddle of goo on the floor, being like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared to be disliked. Like I, I want to normalize that human experience. Cause again, like if you're going to be human, unless you like develop a sociopathic streak where you don't care what anyone says, like that's going to be part of your experience. A thousand percent. And like, you know, the more that, at least in my own experience, and I've seen this time and time and time and time again with clients is that, you know, saying yes to your villain era is saying yes to more aliveness and when we're saying like yes there will be these times where you're losing people you thought were your friends or your mm. developed fans it's happened to me a lot i've actually 
learned to romanticize this and I call them spicy wins now, but it's like, we're, we're, there's going to be so many times that our pain is activated and that self-doubt that you're saying, because you're standing up for something, you're being a trailblazer, you're literally creating a new way of thinking and perceiving the world that a lot of people aren't on board with. So doubt is super normal part of the process. I, I, I'll say you will experience like more discomfort, more doubt, more pain. A lot of people like that you really love and care about, maybe even abandoning you. Um, yeah, totally. And That's painful. I, yeah. And what I realized is, is that those moments every single time was like another, was like a mini quest where I sort of was initiated into another level of like choosing myself again. So okay. like in that moment where I was abandoned, like, and that, that part of me that was like spiraling in doubt while stepping, this is post villain era y'all current while, while villain era is happening, you know, being abandoned by people that I really care about and holding space for that inner child. That's like, Oh, let's text them. Let's ask them why, uh, you know, and really just being with that child and saying, Hey, no matter who abandons me, I'm no matter who abandons you, I'm still here. Mm. I still choose you. And you're allowed to be pissed off. Like, of course, you're upset. You invested so much time into them. And it turns from this sort of pain and shame. And it sort of like spirals into like this sort of sacred anger. Like it goes from like this, oh, fuck, I'm the problem. I should have changed. Don't abandon me. And it comes into like, wait a damn minute. I did give them a lot. And they did abandon me when it was inconvenient. And that's fuel for the villain era magic. It's when we allow ourselves to feel our, feel that pain, it actually gives us so much more aliveness. And one thing that's been happening is, is that post this depression that sort of catalyzed the villain era, when I started coming, contact to, coming into contact with these sort of mini quests and initiations where I wanted to abandon myself mm. to like chase that person that abandoned me, I, I leveled up in my capacity to say yes to myself. And because of that, the quality of my actions started changing. The quality of my marketing started changing. It was infused with this sacredness, this sacred anger, this, but this also this embodiment of like really choosing myself over somebody else. And I sold a bunch of spots of my new group program. And I also started being invited on so many different podcasts. Like with, I made one request to be on podcasts and like over 10 people reached out to me that I really love and care about and admire and believe in. And I work. didn't even see that. And look, look, you're here now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So a lot of magic is sort of happening around me as well. And to those of you who might be experiencing sort of that doubt and that shame, when you really start to take up space, like, that is very real and it's so human and it's so juicy. And this is an opportunity for you to really hold space for that part of yourself with, with tenderness to speak to that part of yourself, like a villain father to their villain child, you know, like, like, Hey, I'm still here. We still have each other. Let's pick you back up from the ground, from the dust and go to battle, baby. And not battle as in like be in fight or flight, but like, you know, yeah. like really stand for what you believe in and to expose yourself to 
that sort of heart pounding fear that comes when you post something and you immediately want to delete it. Like mm-hmm. it's scary. Or when you tell somebody like, actually what you said, pissed me off. Don't talk to me like that. Yeah. Or, or even you see someone you're, you're out in the club and you're vibing with someone, you're making eye contact and you're ready to like go up and talk to them and connect and say, Hey, I'm interested in you. That is you exposing yourself purposefully to pain. But when you expose yourself purposely to pain, there was a podcast you made, Simone, about clean pain versus dirty pain. And it's like this clean pain of like choosing to expose that you're choosing to expose yourself to actually it kind of cracks metaphysically speaking or metaphorically speaking. Think of a muscle. It starts to like crack and rip and tear and like and that muscle regenerates way bigger than it was before so way you're stronger yeah your capacity for pleasure and for creativity you know and it's just way more fun y'all okay so if you're listening to all this being like i need some of what he's talking about go hire carlos go join his program one thing i wanted to make sure i say before you know before we end is and of course as i said the sentence i forgot what it was Oh, right, right. Okay. So a lot of people are afraid that when they embrace their villainy, they are going to be assholes in a way they've seen other people be. And it's not like a tongue in cheek villain thing. Like they really are assholes. Right. And here's what I want to say is that when when your villainy is conscious and when you have unshamed your own reactions and anger or sadness or whatever it is, when you're having unshamed experience of whatever villain-like emotions or experiences you're having, whatever boundaries you draw, whatever you say that could be construed by others as like, oh, what an asshole, like it becomes something that is for you or for something you stand for as opposed to against someone else. So for example, let's say somebody says something to you and you're like, "Uh uh-uh, you know what? Nobody treats me that way. Nobody talks to me that way because I, that my standard is that, that I be treated better. Like, no, I'm not going to accept that. Right. If you say that in a way where you are embracing your villainy and if you're conscious of it, you are doing that in a way where you're standing up for yourself and your standards, as opposed to saying, fuck you to the other person. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you say something that is that could be offensive to lots of other people but you really believe in it that's going to come off like an asshole only if you have shame about what you're saying and cuz cuz the reason that sometimes it comes off like an asshole is because you have shame about you what you're saying so you kind of like turn that into aggression towards others so you're not just saying what you're saying you're saying it with like a fuck you towards others and i want to i want to say that's okay too i'm sh- I was going to say, I'm sure I've done that too, but I know I've done that. That's fine. That's also part of the human experience. We sometimes have shame about what we're saying. And then we, we say it in a way that that's a fuck you to others. But the more I have unshamed, you know, my, my villainy, the parts of me that might be unpalatable to others, the emotions that I experience that are not like good, positive, high vibe emotions, the more I embrace them as part of my humanity, the more I express it. It's somehow, I don't know how else to say it, but it comes off somehow like pure, like a bit cleaner, where even if there's tension, even if there's like a crunchy, ouchy kind of feeling when people interact with me, somehow they can tell that, well, not everybody, but somehow like lots of people can tell that I'm, this is something that I'm doing for me as opposed to doing something to, 
to hurt others or offend others or to stick it to others, right? Because the villainy is a natural consequence of you being different from everyone else and you standing in the power of how different you are. Because one of my favorite things about humanity is our diversity. We're all different from each other, right? And if you say you like pineapples on your pizza and I don't, and I think that's disgusting, then I'm going to be like, ew, like food villain. How can you like that? That is a travesty, right? Like that, but, but how can we like the exact same foods? We have different brains. We are all different from each other. That's a glorious thing, right? And so when you unshame your differences, you can stand in your difference in a clean way where it's really you asserting yourself, you taking up your place in the world, and it's not against other people. I'm not saying everyone mm-hmm. has to, I'm not saying if you eat pineapples with pizza, you're a monster. I'm just saying, I just really prefer not to. <laughs> right? Like, you can't be friends with all of them. Uh, <laughs> no, I just said the opposite, but I actually love pineapple <laughs> and pizza, but I know lots okay. of people have strong opinions against it. So does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And I actually love that discernment because that's one thing that I also talk about too, is it's like, being a villain doesn't mean that now your goal is to go piss people off or no. to offend people. Being a villain is just saying yes to you, yes. even when others don't like it. So, and again, it, and it's about the conscious villainy we're talking about here is about a win-win scenario, not a win-lose. So another thing that I've seen people do when they're stepping into their villain era, which is sort of a, a bit of people-pleasing in disguise, is like they the actions they take are to elicit the response of pissing people off and like still seeking external validation. Like you're like, okay, I'm only a villain and I'm in my villain era if I'm purposely pissing people off. So now let me make content in a way that offends people. Let me purposely dress this way in a way that offends people. But that's coming from shame. Yeah, that's inauthentic because if you were authentic, you you wouldn't even be thinking about, like you wouldn't even be thinking about their opinion. You'd simply be sharing your truth Uh, in your clothing and how you speak and how you engage with the world and if they're losing so you can win then you're also losing too that's like i really stand for that yes so conscious villainy is always about what you are for what you're standing up for you know what you are what you are asserting what you are taking up space with that is true for you as opposed to being against others it's just that when people do that it tends to be a problem in our, in a society that values conformity, that values like people pleasing, right? Just, you know, get along to, you know, go along to get along, you know, don't stick out, like, you know, make other people feel good. Like when those are high values in a society, you being yourself and standing in your own truth is considered villainous, but you consciously choose to do that anyway. It's for you, not against other people. It is for certain ideas as opposed to being against other ideas, right? So I wanted to, yeah, say that about conscious villainy as well. Yeah, a good a good thing that I like to do is like I like to ask people like what's that thing you've been fantasizing about doing? But you're afraid that like if you do it, then you'll get a response. That's like a good sign of like a good place to like, like oh is there a villainy involved? Yes. Good. Like, yeah. A little bit, right? It might be a post. Oh yeah. man, I've been really fantasizing about making this like thirst trap with this filter and then putting this caption and like, but I'm afraid what mom will think. That's like a really good sign of like a space where you can stretch into saying yes to yourself more and create sort of a win-win and a medicine with your content. In fact, if you feel like your current marketing is villainy free, 
You feel like you're not being a villain to anyone. You don't think anyone's going to be offended by your marketing. You don't think anyone might potentially misunderstand and get mad at you. You don't think you're probably like living way under your potential for charismatic, powerful, compelling marketing. And you're probably living way under your potential for how much joy and pleasure and freedom you can experience in your life and in your marketing. Right. So like the degree to which you're willing to consciously to, to, you know, step into conscious villainhood is the proportional to the degree to which you get to be that you come across as charismatic, that you come across as compelling, that you get to be a leader. Right. And which is also going to correlate to how free and joyful and like yourself you're going to feel. Yeah. And ironically, the influence, like our content landing more or eliciting more responses or maybe even money that we make is directly correlated or positively correlated with how much we can be in our own energy rather than constantly like before I post this thing or wear this item, like filtering through this person and that person and that person. And then you make the decision. Like that's so exhausting when you start to catch all the little areas in your life. This is another thing I've like me a recovering people pleaser. I used to do is like when I would like take out my card to pay for something. I, and there was someone behind me, I would like rush to pay and like fumble around because I was like, Oh no, they can't wait a few seconds. They might be uncomfortable. Now I take my time and it's not about inconveniencing them. It's about like, well, I was here and right now I'm paying and this is the amount of time it takes. And like, I'm not even in that person's energy. And what happens is like, from like this sort of energetic standpoint, like there actually is a measurable magnetic field that surrounds us. And like when when our heart and head are sort of incoherence, which which can actually be measured with with various electromagnetic tools, we start to radiate this magnetic field outward. And actually what helps us to radiate this coherence is both like sort of this ability to regulate our nervous systems, which we learn a lot with Simone here on her podcast and in Joyful Marketing, and our ability to like trust our own wisdom and say yes to ourselves, like this magnetic field actually expands. So you don't even have to say much, but what you say gets felt. Like I've had experiences where like I walk into a room and I'm not even saying things and people are like, hey, something about your energy. Like I just had to say something. And I'm like, and, and and self-expression isn't about talking more. It's about if you're an introvert, like only talking when you want to, right? You know, or if you're awkward and you were always awkward, learning how to see your awkwardness as a sexy, beautiful, delicious gift to be celebrated, right? Or if you're someone who's like, slutty and loves sex like learning that sluttiness can exist with sacredness it doesn't have to be separate because some asshole with a book was like preaching that it's wrong to have sex before marriage right like you know saying yes to you is the ultimate attractor of like in my own experience clients friendships and pleasure like just feeling alive in my body i can't wait to step into my like slutty mom era <laughs> yes oh my that, God. that i have it that i'm like oh that's interesting to figure out because i'm oh, a huge slut and i'm like well what does that mean now that i'm like happily married with a baby it's like no i still get to be a huge slut and yes. be a mom and a wife that's fine you know 
<laughs> yeah, you know, whatever makes you happy. You know slut I mean? is a state of mind. It's not like it's literally true. who you have sex with. And like, I'm always going to be in like, that's like my happy place being in a slutty state of mind. Yeah, me, I'll say I'm in my slut era as I'm like at home sipping wine, playing video games, not actually sleeping with people. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like you said, a way of being. It's it's sort of this energy of like no longer spending, you know, let's say we have, let's say hypothetically, we could only have, you know, 30,000 thoughts a day, right? It's about like a higher percentage of those thoughts being towards you, your own pleasure, and this sort of win-win mindset that we keep talking about. Like rather than having 80% of those thoughts be focused on eliciting responses from people. So good. Fucking brilliant. I cannot even. Okay. So good. Carlos, where can people find you? How can they work with you? What you got going on? Well, the one thing I'm most excited about right now, well, there's two things I'm most excited about right now. I have a group program called Academy of Villains, but I don't know, maybe when it's launched, it might already be done actually. And I don't know if I'm going to do it again, but I also have a podcast called the Spiritual Thirst Trap Podcast. That is like, y'all need to go there. Like that podcast is fucking lit. Like y'all need to go there. And I also am active on Instagram at Carlos de la Playa, TikTok, Carlitos de la Playa, and Facebook, Carlos de la Playa. So just connect with me on socials. I don't have a website because I don't want one. Oh my God. (laughs) Gen Z doesn't do websites. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually on the cusp. I'm like a millennial that's on the cusp of Gen Z. Oh, really? Yeah. So people confuse me with Gen Z a lot. But like, I don't you're even just mind. keyed Gen in. Gen Z is my favorite generation. <laughs> Gen Z is, I think it's like the greatest generation. I'm so like out of it, but I think they're so cool. Anyhow, yeah. that's neither here nor there, except it's not if, you know, like, hey, Gen Z, if you're listening, I think your generation is super cool. You guys are so liberated from a lot of the shit that oppressed us millennials. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, maybe Conscious Slut is going to be our next episode together. Who knows, Carlos? Uh, um, sacred sensuality, con- the art of being a conscious slut. <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this rollicking conversation as much as I did. Go look up Carlos. Follow him. He is a gift. And here's to stepping into your own conscious villain era. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.